Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And if you want to support the show, you can check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers to see the new sticker sheets that we have for sale. You can also get free shipping if you spend 20 Canadian or more at our shop. And as always, you can join our Patreon to receive a monthly sticker and print in the mail from Olivia. So today, I'm really excited. We are talking about the delicious non-vegan vegetable of the ocean, the sea cucumber. Yeah, and Sophia did an episode on the sea pig a while ago, and that is a sea cucumber, a really, really wacky looking one. So if after this episode, you're just craving more sea cucumber content, you should go check that out. Yeah, it was funny when Olivia said we were doing sea cucumber. I was like, haven't we already done that? But I think we've just done a bunch of things that are kind of sea cucumber-ish or just like even sea grapes, which are not at all really actually similar to a sea cucumber. Or like the I was sea pineapple. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of just <laughs> sea fruits and vegetables. <laughs> yeah, just really a cornucopia of food in the ocean. Yeah, but I'm really excited to get into it. Of course, we have to first check in with Blathers. So if you bring a sea cucumber to Blathers, he'll say, The sea cucumber, much like its relatives, the sea urchin and sea star, has no heart nor brain. However, unlike its relatives, it has no shell nor spikes with which to protect itself either. So how does a softie such as this stay safe in the open ocean? Brace yourself, I say. When threatened, sea cucumbers jettison their innards out of their backsides. Who? Gross but true. The sticky, stringy stuff ensnares predators, allowing the cuke to make its escape and grow its insides back. One might say... The sea cucumber is a gutsy creature indeed. Hoo hoo, hee hee. <laughs> Do you forgive me? <laughs> wow. Blathers, again, really stealing a lot of my facts today, but that's okay. I can definitely elaborate on what he says. I think this was one of the longest Blathers descriptions I've ever seen. It's really long. I guess... Whoever was researching sea cucumbers just was really excited about them at Nintendo and wrote a very long paragraph about them. Yeah, they had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the the whole, like, jettisoning their innards, um, you know, it's a messy way of dealing with your problems, but also very excellent. So I'll explain exactly how they do that later in the episode. But first, I want to talk about, like, what is a sea cucumber. They look gooey, they're lumpy, they're just puzzling overall. Like what end is their mouth? What end is their butt? It's just, they're they're so strange. But as Blather says, sea cucumbers belong to a very large family grouping called a phylum. And this phylum contains creatures like the starfish and sea urchins and sand dollars. These are the echinoderms and they all live in the ocean. And as adults, they hang out on the ocean floor. When you pick up an echinoderm, they feel really weird because they have like fleshy skin over a skeleton that's basically a perfect outline of their body. So think of a starfish. So if you found one, like let's say at a gift shop or a home decor store, like a, a dead preserved one, they're really hard and have this calcified chalkiness to them. And so that is the endoskeleton that you're looking at. But it's also a very light endoskeleton, which is super cool. And it's light because they have all these calcified plates that 
make up the skeleton in this kind of foam-like structure. So it's not like a mammal bone where our bones really are quite heavy and rock-like. It's just wildly different from us. And it's cool because not just is it light, but it's also extremely strong and flexible because the ossified plates can either be fused or they can have joints on them. So animals like sea stars can move their arms. Now, at this point in my research, I done like I read all this stuff about echinoderm skeletons only to learn that sea cucumbers only have a tiny amount of this endoskeleton in their bodies. And that is a ring of plates around their throat. So basically, that's sort of the rule for echinoderms. But then sea cucumbers go and they've basically done away with endoskeleton. (laughs) Echinoderms are also like in part defined by being radially symmetrical. So If we think of humans, we're bilaterally symmetrical. Our right side is pretty much the same as our left side. But with a sea star, they're symmetrical around a central axis. Now, sea cucumbers, which are in the class Holothuroidea within the echinoderms, they aren't really like that. They don't appear to be radially symmetrical at all. And they have a mouth at their front end and an anus at their back end. Unlike sea stars and urchins who have a mouth facing the seafloor with their appendages kind of spread out around them. But if you think about it, sea cucumbers actually still have a bit of that radial symmetry, but you just have to imagine they're like flipped on their side. And so instead of like their mouth being towards the ground, it's like on the side. So I don't know. I'm doing all these like demonstrations with my hands, but just imagine that they're they're sea stars that have flipped over and started walking around in a wildly different way. Another thing that makes the sea cucumber a sea cucumber is that it has leathery skin covering this long, chunky body and they have branched gonads. That's sort of like their main defining feature. And I think it's somewhat unfortunate for the sea cucumber that its defining feature are the funky looking gonads, but what can you do? <laughs> and, you know, this very silly looking body works for them. They've had this approximate body form for 450 million years and they haven't changed a whole lot. So, wow, it's cool to hear about how different they are from other echinoderms. Yeah. And like, I, I guess there's like a lot of them, but also relative to other invertebrates, not that many. There's 1,700 species approximately. So, you know, they've, They've done pretty well for themselves, but I should also mention that because there are species that lives on the seafloor, a lot of them live in the very, very deep ocean. We just don't necessarily know how many species are actually out there. We've described 1,700 species, but there could be quite a lot more in deep, dark places where humans just cannot access. Yeah, and do all the species look pretty similar Yeah, they all have like that blobby vibe. Like some sea cucumbers are a bit more round than long, like the sea apple, which for the record looks nothing like an apple. It's like a little bit round and it's red, but the name ignores what is the most exciting part of its appearance. These anemone-like bundle of branches exploding out of one side of the body. It's, It's the weirdest looking thing. They're like tentacles. But we'll talk more about those tentacles later. Some other really weird looking sea cucumbers are ones that look like a moldy banana that someone's left on the counter too long, like (laughs) just kind of fuzzy and that sort of greeny moldy color in splotches and, you know, bumps. It's 
very weird. There are even some that are super brightly colored, like blues and greens. A lot of them have spots all over their bodies. There's one that honestly looks like it's covered in like mammalian nipples. It's super weird. And there's another one that looks like a lumpy chicken's egg that just sort of floats around. My favorite, though, is there's some deep sea sea cucumbers that look like lumpy balloon animals. So you know how like the balloon animal balloons are like long? It's like that. But then imagine like you took half that balloon animal balloon and you just like turned it into an L almost. It's this like L shape and the like top of the L sticks up. And so it looks almost like a sail, but also just like it's round and doesn't look very practical. But if you want to see a picture of this, they're called gummy squirrel sea cucumbers. <laughs> Amazing Which name. is such a silly name. But yeah, another really, really cool sea cucumber. From what I've been able to discern, if you see something lumpy and vaguely long shaped in the ocean, it might be a sea cucumber. Who's to say? Wow. Yeah, they are a very weird shape. I feel like they actually look like a banana that's been like partially peeled like it has one of the yeah. peels coming off of it very unnerving and yeah or it's almost like a big tail or something I'm not yeah, yeah like a tail but like both parts of the body are tail yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like I want to say tail but you're just like but is it uh, anyway from what I read it sounded like one of the possible reasons they have this weird long I don't know like appendage is that they can sort of use it almost like a sail to like capture current and help push them around because they're just not very most of them aren't very good at moving around like it takes a lot of effort for them so if they can sort of take advantage of ocean currents it helps them a little bit they can move faster or escape predators and that sort of thing yeah that does i guess make sense and so how big are sea cucumbers on average, a sea cucumber can be between like 10 to 30 centimeters or a 4 to 12 inches. So basically the size of like a classroom ruler, that's, you know, pretty big. Yeah. You can definitely see that. But the biggest sea cucumber species can get as long as 3 meters or 10 feet long. So that's a bit terrifying. These are synaptids or sea snake cucumbers. They are really long, very wormy, and they have really obvious tentacles around their mouth that make them kind of freaky looking. And then the smallest sea cucumbers can be quite small, like, you know, a couple millimeters long. Ooh, yeah. The sea snake cucumbers look like something from Stranger Things. I do not like them. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I don't like that's a very different vibe. Yeah, it it becomes less like endearingly bumbling and more sinister. Yeah. So you said it takes quite a bit of effort for them to move around. Are they mostly just sitting around on the ocean floor then? Like, are they stuck on the substrate? I think some of them don't really move around, but most of them have feet. They're called podia and they're basically just like tubes, like water fluid filled tubes coming off of their body and they are controlled by hydraulic pressures in the body so if you think of like a balloon if you squeeze one side the other side expands it's sort of like that but with a bit more control and then the legs are able to walk forward these podia aren't just on the bottom side of the sea cucumber either they're also on the top as we saw with the sea pig <laughs> in these ones they've lost their locomotory function and become what we in the invertebrate world call 
papillae, uh, which is a fun and fancy word that basically means like sticky outy things that look cool and weird on an invertebrate. So <laughs> these papillae are how you get all these cool textures you see in, for example, the giant red sea cucumber, which has these amazingly cartoonish, squishy spines that poke out all around its body. Now, this is a bit of an aside, but as I was looking at these pictures of sea cucumbers, it reminded me so much of Monsters, Inc. and like the creatures in Monsters, Inc. because they have so much like weird textures, like different scaly textures, different like fuzzy textures and random spines and random places. And so I just really wonder if like the artists of Monsters, Inc. were looking at sea cucumbers for inspiration because it would make a lot of sense. Anyway, going back to the podia, these little feet things, they've evolved into yet another structure on the sea cucumber that is different from both the legs and the papillae. And these are the tentacles that surround the mouth of the sea cucumber. So the tentacles can look really cool. Some of them, it looks a bit like a star-nosed mole, if you've ever seen one of those. Like, they just sort of, like, splay out. And then for others, it looks a bit more like anemones. So just very, like, wiggly little tentacles. Now, remember how I mentioned that the only real skeleton in the sea cucumber is the ring of plates in the throat? Well, these are where those mouth tentacles have an attachment point so that they can be sucked back into the sea cucumber's mouth when necessary. The tentacles are a food catching tool. They're kind of like a big sticky net that they just flail around outside of their mouth to catch plankton. And then they're able to suck the tentacles back into their mouth. And then they sort of like lick the plankton off as though they're like fingers and, you know, you know, when you're licking your fingers off to get all the food off. That's sort of what they do with the tentacles. They can also do it if there's like a predator nearby or someone's bothering them. And they just don't want to like risk their tentacles getting nibbled on. So it's a bit of a defense mechanism as well. But it's kind of cool that they're able to just sort of like excrete these out, grab their food and just bring it back in. That's such a funny image. I love that. So are they mostly eating plankton then? Yeah, they are. I mean, they're eating a lot of things. They're basically just like a garbage patrol. Like they just eat all kinds of things. They'll eat dead animals. They'll eat plankton, bacteria, algae, basically just like sea goo. A lot of what they eat is the gunk that collects on the sand at the bottom of the ocean. Sea cucumbers are also often compared to earthworms in terms of what they eat because they're sort of like, they'll like chomp on a bunch of sea sand and it'll go through their body and sort of get cleaned off. Like they're sort of absorbing all of the organic stuff that's on the outside of these sediments. As part of the sea cucumber digestive process, as they consume these sand particles, they end up actually releasing calcium carbonate which is a pH buffer. And this is really, really important because one of the major worries right now about climate change and its effect on oceans is, of course, ocean acidification. So, you know, ocean acidification can really damage coral reefs. It has a massively detrimental effect on ocean life as a whole. And here we have the sea cucumbers who are constantly eating and constantly adding calcium carbonate to their system and thereby providing a buffer against ocean acidification in their sort of local area. It's really cool. That's so cool. So anyway, that's a, a good thing to keep in mind in terms of why we need sea cucumbers. I think over the years, the the way I've heard people talk about sea cucumbers, they very much just like talk about its intestine and its anus and how it's just like a very like one long tube 
And that's all its purposes is to eat and to poop. And I think that's massively oversimplified, but also a little bit correct. (laughs) Because as they're eating, their throat, most of the, like for most species, will just sort of dump their food straight into an intestine and sort of skip the whole stomach and esophagus bit. Although there are others who do have an esophagus and stomach. So they're not just a food tube. It's uh, a bit more complicated than that sometimes. Justice for the sea cucumber. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and it's sad because like, I don't know, we can also go on the other end, which is like, maybe they are just a food tube because they don't have a brain. They have a series of nerves, many of which are centered around the mouth and control the tentacles and the throat. Uh, But also if you removed these nerves, the rest of the cucumber would work just fine. Like um, they have tested this. So yeah, that's interesting. They do have nerves in the rest of their body as well, but that's sort of a place where a lot of them are centered. And the fact that they have such a simple nervous system also means that they don't have eyes. They have some nerves along the skin that helps them sense light and touch, but really apart from a couple species that have sort of very, very simple eyes, they really just, they can detect light and that's about it. It's funny because like, Sometimes I wish I was just a brain without having to, like, have the bodily functions of, like, a tummy ache or whatever. But also, it would also be fun to just be, like, a food tube with no brain. Like, either of those extremes would be nice to me. (laughs) There are days when I feel like just a food tube with no brain. Yeah. The best days. (laughs) I mean, here we are being jealous of sea cucumbers sometimes. Who would have thought? And of course, speaking of food tubes, like we have to talk about what might be the most well-known thing about sea cucumbers, and that is the ability to breathe through their butt. Yeah. How does that actually work? (laughs) So it's kind of a simple process, actually, at least like it probably is more complicated, but it it seems simple to me when I read about it. They have basically a a tree of respiratory tubules, which are just like tubey things. They kind of look like veins. And these are around their cloaca anus area, which is basically the same hole for them. And these branching tubules have a thin layer of skin in front of them uh, that sort of separates them from like the cloacal anus area. And so what the sea cucumber does is it draws water into its anus so that oxygen within the water can pass through the skin into the tubules. And These tubules have so much surface area that they're making a lot of contact with the skin. They're able to absorb a lot of oxygen. And that is how they breathe. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Simple, easy stuff. That's that's fun for them. I'm I'm happy for them. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little bit weird. But you know what? It works. And it's worked for 450 million years or (laughs) however long they've had it. Yeah. And... You know, they seem pretty vulnerable to predation, being so soft and squishy and brainless. Yeah, can you talk about how they avoid getting eaten? I guess Blathers kind of spoiled this for us a bit, but I'm excited to hear more. Yeah, well, okay, so yes, they they have like their crazy little self-destruct moment. But yeah, so the the way that they do this is okay, so we just talked about these tubules attached to these tubules, this respiratory tree, are more tubules, but these ones are different. 
They're like long white threads and they're all packed together. So when a predator goes and pokes the sea cucumber or freaks it out somehow, it triggers the sea cucumber to lift its rear towards the irritation and then it squeezes its body really fast. And that constriction causes the anus to open, the cloaca to tear, and the fluid from inside the sea cucumber pushes these white tubules right out. So it's like a big explosion of white threads and confetti and no. Um, Because the white tubules are attached to the respiratory tree, the tree is able to fill the white tubules with even more fluid so so that the threads expand up to 20 times their original length. So it really is like silly string. Like it just like (laughs) explodes out. And not only that, but the threads are really sticky and strong. So all of this combined is basically just like a crazy self-destruct button and... I don't know. Honestly, I think it must be extremely effective because if I were a predator, that would freak me out. It's like, imagine when you're just walking down a path and you like walk into a huge spider web. That's like such a panic moment where you're trying to get all these like sticky threads off you. But imagine that they were just like way thicker and way stronger. Oh, yeah, that would freak me out a lot. I'd just be like, whoa, are you okay? (laughs) Like what what just (laughs) happened? (laughs) But yeah, I guess that begs the question of what does that do to the sea cucumber? Like, can the sea cucumber recover from exploding like that? Yeah, it sounds horrible. Like, its anus and cloaca get, like, torn to shreds. <laughs> like, ah, that's awful. But they're, like, they're fine. I mean, assuming it manages to get away from the predator, the sea cucumber just, like, takes a couple weeks. It recovers and it heals up just fine, regrows its tubules, and... uh yeah, it's ready to go again. Wow, that's that's seriously impressive. Yeah. Also, I've said anus so much during this episode. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's a very <laughs> anus cucumbers. Episode. It's uh, yeah, there's a, a lot going on down there for them. Well, how are they doing in terms of conservation? I guess especially since they are so important for combating ocean acidification. Yeah, and it's wild too because like. Sea cucumbers can be found all around the world's oceans. Like they're in the shallow water, they're in deep sea, in temperate and tropical climates. You can even find them in the poles, like in the oceans of the poles. So really everywhere. And, you know, with that huge range means that they've been very important in cultures all around the world for food and for traditional medicines. Nowadays, unfortunately, as the harvest of sea cucumbers has increased into like a huge commercial venture, we've seen major population declines. There are seven endangered species of sea cucumber, including the Japanese sea cucumber. There are also a lot of populations that are vulnerable, but most of the species, we just like don't have enough information about their populations at all to know if they're declining or not. Sea cucumbers are really economically important. They're food and not just food, but like they're a delicacy in a lot of cases. The Japanese sea cucumber, according to a 2017 source, can sell for up to 3,000 USD per kilogram. And as their population continues to dwindle, the price for them increases as demand increases. So yeah, there's a lot of illegal, like there's a lot of poaching of sea cucumbers as well, but nowadays they are being farmed quite a bit. I should say though that like even though they're a delicacy, they are a pretty common food item, especially if you're looking at seafood. So remind me, Sophia, when we did the sea pig episode, did you talk about, have you ever eaten sea cucumber? I don't think I have. 
Yeah, I don't believe so. I mean, maybe like, I mean, living in Vancouver, there's a lot of sushi restaurants and stuff, but I, I don't think I have. Yeah. And like I was reading a paper about actually like a mass mortality event of sea cucumbers in BC, like right off, I think it was the east coast of Vancouver Island. And they said there that like sea cucumbers in Canada, I believe, were like a $9 million industry. Wow. So like definitely they get fished here as well. But yeah, I don't I don't actually think I could eat sea cucumber. I was looking at pictures of the dishes and like they look very sluggy and I just don't know if I could do it. Like I have a problem with even like the fatty parts on like a steak. I can't do that. So I don't know if I could eat sea cucumber. But of course, I'm sure if you grew up eating it, it would probably taste very good. But I did, you know, in case we have listeners who are like, I want to try sea cucumber, but I don't want to like eat the endangered ones. The Marine Stewardship Council They had a whole page about sea cucumbers and they basically said that there aren't any sea cucumber products that have like a Marine Stewardship Council logo, like certification on them. But they said that they have certified Western Australia sea cucumber fishery products. So I guess that means if you really want to try them, that might be like a fishery to look for. (laughs) But yeah, it was kind of weird. They were just sort of like, uh, we ha- don't have our stamps on anything, but like, try this fishery. They're fine. Hmm. Um, so that was a little weird, but interesting. And uh, yeah, so I guess there's a huge market for these sea cucumbers. It's not great for the sea cucumbers. But I do want to end on the point of like why we need sea cucumbers. We already talked about how they're decomposers. They're cleaning up the seafloor and they're producing all this awesome buffer material for ocean acidification. But the other thing is they're also burying in the sand, which helps cycle nutrients and particles in a process called bioturbation. And this is a really essential ecosystem service that doesn't get talked about a lot. And it basically helps all these other organisms in the ocean get the nutrients they need. So they're really valuable little ocean veggies. Yeah, I feel like I am a big fan of sea cucumbers after hearing this episode. Yeah, they're they're really they're really interesting and kind of quirky and fun. Yeah, they're just cute. And also I important. Know, ugly cute. <laughs> and important, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Olivia. That was a really fun episode. And thanks everyone so much for listening. If you want to support the show, you can join our Patreon to get exclusive rewards in the mail from Olivia. And make sure to check out the new sticker sheets on our Etsy shop. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Tune in next time to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!